This is our ninth session on Ephesians 2, 1 to 3, and we're going to focus on uh, all of this. You were dead, spiritually dead, utterly impervious to spiritual, the worth and beauty of spiritual reality. You were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, and that walk accorded in two ways accorded to the age of this world and accorded to the ruler of the authority of the air. And uh, I didn't name this ruler as the devil, but let me just point to chapter 4 here. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Chapter 6, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So. That is who we're talking about here. And now he's called the Spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all, so not just you now, you Gentiles, but also we Jews, as we'll see Paul bring these two together again later in this chapter. We're common among all nations in our fallenness, and we're common in Christ in our redemption. This is the glorious thing about what Christ does for all ethnicities, among whom we all once conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, carrying out what is willed by the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. In other words, not just believers, but everybody else. So you, we, and everybody are in this condition. So Father, make plain, I pray, as we look at this part of the book, make plain our condition before we were gloriously made alive from our deadness to your beauty and glory. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Notice that he adds to the fact that we are uh, walking in accord to the ruler of the authority of the air, which might seem merely passive, right? The ruler has a way, we have a way, they accord with each other. And now he corrects that misapprehension of how much we are in accord and says, he's the spirit who is now at work in, in the sons of disobedience. We're not just walking in the same way. He is working in us. That's what our condition was before we were freed through the new creation in verse five. What does it mean? that we are called sons of disobedience in that former state. Sons of disobedience. The idea is that our nature, our rebellious, disobedient nature, is so deep and so pervasive, it would make sense to call disobedience our parent. 
That's how we got our DNA. That's the way we might say it today. They would just say, like father, like child. And the father is disobedience. The child will be disobedience. So this is a profound way of saying, by nature, who we are, as we come into being through natural birth, we are disobedient, so much so that we could think of disobedience as our very parent. And here's one of the huge implications of that. That means that this nature of disobedience was in place before the Spirit was at work in us. In other words, Paul is not teaching that the devil made me do it. We are living according to the age of this world and according to the ruler, but the ruler is able to work in us because we are already by nature very much ready for him to work. We are by nature rebellious, thus we have the same nature as the devil. We could be called children of the devil like we are by Jesus in John 8, 43 and 44. So that's the implication of sons of disobedience. Our nature fits us for the spirit, the devil, to work in us. It's not as though we are now, oh, poor innocent us with no inclinations to evil, and then the devil messes us up. That's not the case. We are fit already as by nature children of wrath, and the devil has a playground in us because of that. And then we come to verse 3, and Paul expands the sons of disobedience to all of us, among whom, the sons, we all once conducted ourselves. So Paul's not saying those Gentiles are wretched sinners who do all those horrible things, but we Jews, we're nice, squeaky clean, moral people who follow the law. We know that's not true. He called the Pharisees horrible names and included lovers of money and adulterous and disobedient faithless generation, full of rapaciousness and wickedness. Jesus had all kinds of horrific descriptions for his own people, according to the flesh. So Paul knew that. He knew it about himself. So all of us are in the same boat. We are sons. That's our, our nature, sons of disobedience. So we conducted ourselves, and then he says several things that we need to think about, in the passions of our flesh. The flesh in Paul often refers to our members, our physical bodies, but not merely. Here's, for example, in Galatians 5, 19 to 21, a list of the works of the flesh. Look at what some of them are. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, well, we might expect that because that feels like it originates in the body. Impurity, sensuality, idolatry. Hmm. That doesn't look like it originates in the body. Sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like that. So some of these 
don't look like they're just bodily impulses, do they? They come from other aspects of our being, and so the word flesh is regularly treated in Paul as the human nature, body and mind, the human nature apart from God. That's the flesh. Flesh versus spirit. The spirit shaped by the Spirit of God and the flesh without the Spirit of God. So here when it says, we conducted ourselves in the passions of the flesh, that in right there means that these passions were enveloping us and holding us in their sway. We were not sometimes doing good and sometimes doing evil. All of it was controlled by the flesh, because the mind of the flesh is hostile to God, Romans 8, 7. Then he says, carrying out, doing what is willed by the flesh and the mind. So passions, it, it appears, passions then yield willings, and those willings are coming from flesh and mind. And flesh here perhaps calling attention to the bodily dimension of the flesh and the mind, the mental dimension of the flesh. And it's interesting that this word willings here, which is a little different than passions, this word for epithumia, desires, and this thalemata for will are not equal terms. This one's more basic, more um, rooted in our most deep uh, emotional life. And there is some reflection then that begins to give rise to willings, even though they're called willings of the flesh and willings of the mind, and they yield carryings out. So you got flesh, and you've got uh, the the uh, I mean you've got passions of the flesh and passions of the mind yielding willings yielding deeds and because of that complex of where everything came from when we were dead in our trespasses and by nature cut off from God because of all that we are by nature children of wrath. And so he picks up on sons, sons of disobedience here by nature fit us. We are so fit, we are so suitable for wrath. It is so right and fitting that we be punished with wrath that we could be called children of wrath, as though wrath were our parent, as well as our punishment. We're going to look at that next time. More on wrath next time.